0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School,
2: this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Don on Careers on SiriusXM XM, channel 132. I'm Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. If it is Thursday, we are live in studio at 844-942-7866. So if 2021 is your year to make a career change, We want to hear from you, or maybe you are already in a job search and struggling with getting calls back or getting to the first interview and not getting to the next one. We can help you with that at 844-942-7866. Dana and Dion are here in studio, and I just learned something interesting, Dion. What's up? I think today is a special day for you.
1: <laughs> that's true. I haven't looked at the call screener, so I guess that's where you saw it. <laughs> I
2: did. I did. Hey, happy birthday to Dion! Thank you. And uh, you should call in and wish him a happy birthday because <laughs> Dion makes this show. I get so many emails, Dion. You have to know this about the pre-break quiz and and Dion. And I, I think you have your own like fan club that is really they they just listen to the show for the pre rit quiz and you're president
1: resp- I, of my fan club. yeah i
2: think you do i think you do if we're taking applications if you want to be president if that's
1: your career switch.
2: Uh, and, and dana wants a fan club too now so um so now we're gonna have two fan clubs we have two openings fantastic if you want to call the interview
1: <laughs> dr donald careers is hiring yeah
2: exactly <laughs> You will get paid the exact same salary as me. There you go, eight four four nine.
1: 8449... Starting from the
2: top, <laughs> yeah, exactly eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We are so excited that you are here on Doctor Dawn on Careers. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, give us a call. We would like to hear what's happening with you out there in the world, and of course, we got to start with a little bit of news. The biggest news is that it's Dion's birthday, but in addition to that. According to a PR agency, more than 87% of consumers make purchases based on whether a company's social beliefs align with their own. And this actually translates over to the workforce. A Gartner survey of 3,000 employees revealed that 68% of employees would consider quitting their current job and working with an organization with a stronger viewpoint on social issues that matter to them. And 75% of millennials say they'd take a pay cut to work for a socially and environmentally responsible company. What about you? Would you take a pay cut or even change companies to work for an organization that had beliefs that align with yours? Let us know. 844-942-7866. And if it's Thursday, it is open calls all hour long. We are here to answer your questions on Dr. Dawn on Career. And we have a very special guest coming back to the show, one of our favorites, Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the evil HR lady, spent 10 years in corporate HR where she hired, fired, and managed the numbers, double-checked with the lawyers. She is also a TEDx speaker, writes for several publications, including Inc.com, CBS Money Watch, and Business.com. So if you ever wanted to know what's going on behind the scenes in HR... Today is the day to give us a call at 844-942-7866 cuz we have the insider scoop. Welcome back to the show, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being brave. I know today is day 2 of your your COVID shot, so hopefully you're feeling good. <laughs> I feel fine, but if I say anything stupid, we'll just blame it on the vaccine. Yeah, no, no doubt. I actually came on air live the, the same day I got my second shot. I said the same thing to Dia, and I was like, just have a backup ready and start playing something. So I totally get it. But good, your freedom is on the horizon. But even more exciting, you are coming to the U.S. to embark on a U.S. tour. So I'm excited. Tell us about that.
0: I am so excited. Yes. So on July 19th, we will be in Baltimore Um, me and Brenda the next model. We are doing a winning and HR tour and uh, we will be talking about um, how to succeed and it's, it's targeted to HR people, but it really is of use for anybody that in management that wants to move up in their career or wants to be thinking more seriously. And we are going to be in Baltimore on July 19th, in Dallas, Texas, on July 21st, and in Provo, Utah, on July 22nd. So we're really, really excited about about this. We're excited to do something in person um, and be able to see humans again. We didn't, you know, start to believe humans don't really exist for right. a while. Well, but, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about how to how to be more intentional, and how to speak so people listen
2: to you the first time. And there's so much going on in the world of HR now, because now that we're kind of moving out of the pandemic, there's a lot of debate going on around returning to the office, not returning to the office, hybrid work, um, pay for, for where you live versus where your company is, readjusting to um, you know life in the office, and, and are you going to be forced to get the vaccine. All of these issues, these HR issues are so exciting. Um, well, exciting may not be the word that HR professionals use. It may be like, oh, it's so frustrating. But, <laughs> but it's interesting because I personally, I love when there's new challenges to solve. So I know we have a lot of listeners out there who are thinking, what am I gonna do as the clock's ticking down? My company wants me to come back. I don't wanna come back. Should I leave? Should I, should I, you know, propose something different? So I wanna talk about all of these issues. So let's talk about let's talk about people going back to the workforce. There there's a lot yeah. in the news, Suzanne, about companies saying, Nope, we want you back five days a week and you come in or you, you pack your bags. Um there's other companies saying if you don't have a vaccine then you pack your bag. So, so what, what is going on with this and what can employees do if, if they would like a different schedule or if they, they don't want to get vaccinated or maybe they just don't want to share that information with their company?
0: I mean, these are really complicated issues. Um, there was just a court case in Texas uh, with a hospital that required mandatory COVID-19 vaccination their employees and 117 employees sued saying you know we don't want this and it's a violation of several laws um the judge rejected it on all counts and said nope absolutely your employer can require you to get vaccinated and so that's the current court ruling so if your company says you have to be vaccinated, As long as they have an accommodation for someone with a disability uh, whose doctor has said you can't be vaccinated or somebody who has a strong, um, sincere religious belief um, against vaccination, as long as they have exceptions for those things, then they can require you to be vaccinated and they can say vaccinate or leave. But most companies are not doing that. Um, you do see in headlines companies that are saying you have to be vaccinated or you can't come back to the office. And to some people, it's like, well, I didn't want to come back to the office anyway, so I'll just stay working from home. But there are people that strongly prefer working in the office. Um, and and if you're one of those people, you're normal. It's fine. You can work in the office. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons to work in an office, and that, that is a fine thing, too. And you also have a lot of managers who feel like they can manage much better if they can see people, and their employees are like, but I want to work at home. And it is a different kind of management to be face-to-face in an office and working remotely, And I'm not talking about managers that just judge based on butt seat time. But if I walk past your cube, I can say, hey, Don, how's it going? You know, how's this, how's that, how's this project? And we have an organic conversation about it. If you're working at home, I have to specifically reach out to you. And sometimes I need to specifically schedule a time and it makes it feel so much more formal. And so I send you a, a meeting invitation that says, "I want to meet with you at 4:15 on Tuesday," and you go, "Uh-oh, am I in trouble?" <laughs> Whereas if we were in the office, I just walk past your cube and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know. Um, and so some of those things are really different, and it's harder to build relationships with people that you're not together with, as well. So. It was fine last year when we all went home at the same time because you were working with people that you already knew. But now as as companies change and you start to hire people, how do you integrate that new person to your team when none of you have ever met this? It can be kind of difficult.
2: Yeah, I think there's so many new challenges. Uh, onboarding people who have not met anybody, onboarding people who who are new graduates, maybe who've never worked in any type of office, is going to be a challenge. Um, onboarding, uh, you know, with with equipment and and. You know, All of these things, I think, are going to have to be figured out. And I think uh, I think part of the reason people are bringing people back into the office is because they haven't figured it out. And so they're thinking, let's just go back to what worked before, because I'm not really sure how to do this just yet. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. And we're going to go right to the phones with John in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, John. What's on your mind today?
3: Thanks a lot for taking my call. Hi, Dr. Don. So here's my question. I have an HR degree, and I've been in the financial industry for 20 years, but I've been trying to get in the HR department for, like, the last 5, 10 years, and I can't get in. So my question is, how do I break into the HR department? (laughs)
2: Awesome. You're a switcher, and we love switchers, John. And, of course, you called on the right day because we have Suzanne Lucas with us, who is in HR. So, okay, we have John here, who has an HR degree. And, John, when did you get that degree? In 1990. Okay, And, and since then, have you worked in HR in any capacity, or did you go right into finance?
3: I have not worked in HR at all. I've been in finance since that time. Okay. Um, I would be considered as a subject matter expert in managed accounts, but I want to break into HR because that's what I wanted my degree in, and that's what I wanted to do. But I can't get in. Do
2: you have a particular HR is big? HR is big umbrella. Do you have a p- particular area of HR you're looking to looking focus to, on?
3: Yes, I wanted to focus on the part of like the um, um, the 401, the disbursement of funds the financial side of HR, Okay. I can't get yes. in.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Suzanne, what is your advice for John?
0: First of all, that is an area where you should be able to break in because most people go into HR because they don't like math. And so to have someone that's like, yeah, I want to do the financial side. Um, if I were you, I would be targeting companies that provide um benefits administration for for other companies. So it's not technically an HR role, but you're in an HR function where you are doing the financial side of things and acting as an advisor. Because if you've got 20 years of finance experience under your belt, you're going to be an asset to an organization like that. Your skill set may be too specialized for most smaller companies uh, you know, they don't need someone full time that has that knowledge that you have, but a a benefits provider um, or an HR consultancy firm goes in and advises companies on what to do might be a good place for you to target.
2: Yeah, and I, um, I I love that idea, Suzanne. And I would also say, John, one of the things that's going to be really important for you is to start rebranding your experience as more if, if you do decide to go that benefits administration route to to look at what they're really doing and to the extent you can refocus your your expertise to show how you solve those problems because you probably do have a lot of transferable skills in that area. Then I think it will speak to the hiring manager in a different way versus Asking them to maybe translate how your financial experience might work for them. And so I'm curious, what is your primary uh, mode of, of uh, in your job search so far, John?
3: So I've been searching on a lot of Lincoln. I've also been looking at a lot of state HR positions, um, a lot of um, transportation HR positions. Um, I had one interview. Well, one person looked at my resume to set up an interview for me. Um, this was in Philadelphia with the city of Philadelphia in the HR department. But um, after talking to them, they said, well, right now your experience doesn't doesn't fit what we are looking for. I mean, they don't tell you exactly what you're looking for, but so I'm just trying to find out. And I'm critiquing my resume and my cover letter. But it's, it's hard to even get a foothold into the second process, and sometimes even the first process. I mean, just, what, just for Sam, I have these transferable skills, um, which I pretty much I know I can transfer them to any capacity because if you break down the microcosm of the part of it, it's, it's not that hard. But I can't get
2: in. Yeah, I, I would say that right now things are incredibly competitive online, John. So um, if you're not if you're not an exact match and you know all the right keywords, chances are there are people who do have those things. So you may not hit the top of the pile. So I would I would start looking at your network. Who do you know who's working in organizations that may be hiring for HR that can introduce you to somebody? A lot of the job ads too online are not real. And what I mean by that is they may have selected an internal candidate already or, um, you know, they're not quite sure if they want to hire yet. So they're just kind of feeling things out. So it's great that that you had that one interview, but you wonder if the other jobs you applied to were were truly looking for an external candidate. And this is how your network can help you because they can tell you, look, you know, we posted that, but, you know, our, our process is to look internally for the first few weeks. And then if that doesn't work out, we, we look at external candidates. Because then at least you know what, what the time frame is and what your shot might be. But I do think it's really, really hard to get through online right now because of all of the people who are thinking about making a change and flooding those online applications with their resumes. And, and Suzanne, maybe you could speak a little bit more to how that works.
0: Well, with, with the online things, there, there's two different colors. Three, but there's really two different types of recruiters out there. You have, on the one hand, you have experienced people that understand the fields that they're hiring for. And then on the other hand, you have 22 year olds who are straight out of undergrad who this is their first job and they have no clue. And the problem is with these people that have no clue is that they're relying completely upon keywords. And that's not a great way to recruit, um, but there's a lot of businesses out there because they don't want to spend the money to hire an experienced recruiter, so they make it an entry-level job. So with those, you have to have those keywords. But Donna's is right. That's not going to get you into that kind of position. It's that that network. But there are things you can do to help make your resume reflect um, your transferable skills. Um, I could just give you... Uh, Two tips. First, take three job descriptions that you really want to apply for. Copy their descriptions, all three descriptions, into a word cloud software and it'll make this word cloud. It'll show you the biggest words or the most important ones that appear in all of the job descriptions and then make sure you have all of those big words within yours because those are things people are going to be looking for. The next thing is to take the job description that you – the type of job you want the most and go through each line and match it to a line in your career uh, that you have experience in that field and then rewrite that on your resume to demonstrate that you have that. Now, you, of course, don't have time to do that with every job that you apply to, but because you're trying to switch to one specific field – once you've done that one time, you can really use that resume to apply over and over again. You just it's essentially translating it from finance to HR. So, you know, finance we deal with pay instead of, you know, income and accounts payable, right? We deal with headcount. That is something that is often within finance, but it's often within HR. So, um those types of things, you can really take your experience and just translate it into the language uh, of, of HR. And the other thing that I would say to do is increase your, your networking, as, as Don said. Um, and you don't need to spend so much time looking for, for thought leaders, but just for average people. Um, thought leaders aren't going to pay you the time of day, but average people will, um, and so those are the type of people that you really want to get in with as well as you're trying to reach.
2: Yeah, and I have two more suggestions really quickly, John, that may help you as well. If you're not a member of any HR organizations like SHRM, the Society for HR for Human Resources Management, or um, I mean, there's a number of them. I would get involved with them because not only will you meet people in the human resources space, but they may have webinars or classes or panels where you can broaden your network even further, as well as as information about specific job openings and things of that nature. And then lastly, while this isn't an option for everybody, when you're making some type of functional switch, one of the places that you can look is inside your current organization if it's large enough, meaning that if you work in a sizable company and you've proven yourself and you've done a good job, there may be an opportunity to start pursuing a job in the department you really want to be in because they want to retain you as an employee. And obviously, you're a known quantity because you've been working there and you've you've demonstrated your skill set. So that could be another potential option, even just doing some projects. In the HR department, that can help build up your resume um, would be a great place to start. So, just a lot of things um, for you to think about and to start doing right now. Things are slowing down a little bit for the summer, but but I I think we're going to see this great reshuffle. There's going to be a lot of hiring, particularly in HR. And as Suzanne said. Most people who want to go into HR are not looking at the financial side. So you definitely have a a bonus there in the fact that it's it's a it's a side that the fewer people want to get into, which means perhaps less competition in the long run. So we wish you all the best. Good luck. Thank you so much for calling the show. And it is open calls all hour. If you have a question, 844-942-7866. Because we're live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern. We are here with Suzanne Lucas, who is coming to the U.S., going on tour. When are those tour dates again, Suzanne? So we will be in Baltimore on July 19th
0: and Dallas on July 21st and Provo, Utah, on July
2: 22nd. I'm and so disappointed you can- you're not coming to Philly, but... Well, I'm actually flying into... Philly. Oh, so, oh. Well, see does that count? Yeah, we'll have to yeah, we'll have to talk offline. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Baltimore is not that far from Philly. That so is true. down That is true. Okay. That is true. To train right away. So <laughs> absolutely. Hey 844-942-7866. Guess what? It is time for the pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Now, I shouldn't have to preface this after six years, but remember, it is one of my pre-break quizzes, Dion. That's all I have to say. (laughs) In 2009, a woman was arrested in Georgia for violating this law when eating fried chicken. She violated this law when eating fried chicken. Now, remember, this is a PG-13 show, first off. So,
1: go.
2: <laughs> I'm just looking at your face, Dion. No,
1: because I think I know the answer. Oh,
2: oh, oh, I'm so intrigued. Well, I also
1: think the answer is wrong. I'm so intrigued. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm caught in the middle.
2: What What was a woman arrested in Georgia for in 2009 for violating this law when she was eating fried chicken? If you think you know, 844 942 7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Serious XM, Channel 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM, Channel 132. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham. For more information on the radio show, as well as lots of great career and job search tips. And of course, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live, 844-942-7866, taking your calls all hour long. We are very excited to have Suzanne Lucas back on the show, AKA the evil HR lady, who is giving us the insider scoop of what's going on behind the scenes in HR. So if you've ever had a question you wanted to ask HR, 84 but let's answer our pre-break quiz. Dion, what what did a woman get arrested for in Georgia for violating, what law was she violating when she was eating fried chicken?
1: Okay, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. it's Georgia, it's the South. It is. Fried chicken is big in the South. It is. You've got to eat it right. It is. I'm going to say she used a knife and fork. Ding. Hey, I got to find it. Wait a minute. Where is it? <laughs> you weren't there even expecting
2: You didn't have the jig ready. I thought I had
1: the answer, but I also thought it was wrong.
2: <laughs> that is not wrong. That is totally 100% right. That That is in Georgia. Um, in a proclamation passed in 1961 designated to promote Gainesville, Georgia, as a poultry center, it's illegal to eat fried chicken with a fork. So in 2009, a woman was arrested. Technically, it was a practical joke. She was later pardoned,
1: but. Oh, I wish it was real. No.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that would be a tough one to uphold in court, but um, yeah, she was later pardoned, but the, I guess the law is still on the books. But lots of states have these odd laws. In Hawaii, you won't see any billboards on the street because they block the scenery. Billboards are illegal in Hawaii. That makes sense.
1: Hawaii looks a lot better without billboards.
2: I think everywhere looks a lot better without billboards. I mean,
1: especially Hawaii.
2: Yeah, no, especially Hawaii, I would guess. Um, uh, What else? Mobile, Alabama. It's illegal to keep, store, use, manufacture, sell, or offer for sale. Silly string. Really? Yeah.
1: Why? Because it's messy. Do, Do they just not like fun?
2: I don't know. It's messy. It gets everywhere. It's hard to clean up. Well, I mean you don't have
1: to. You, you, you spray the silly string and, and, and then you leave. Somebody else cleans it up. No,
2: that's the problem I guess. But uh, yeah. <laughs> odd odd laws in different states. But yeah, I am I am uber impressed. Congratulations. Ding ding. And it's your birthday. <laughs>
1: Ding, ding again.
2: Ding, ding again. Happy birthday, <laughs> Dion! Awesome. Awesome. 844 942 We are live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, talking to Suzanne Lucas, the evil HR lady, talking about what's going on in the world post-pandemic now that we're all getting back to the office. Potentially. So interestingly, um, Suzanne, the new the new thing we're hearing also a lot about, actually this isn't new, this has been around for a long time, but because some offices are going to do more remote work, they're talking about hot desking, so no one's going to have their own desk, but they'll come in and kind of reserve a space. Some, some companies call it hoteling. But interestingly, as much as this makes sense from a real estate and cost-saving perspective, when when it comes to germs on surfaces, this is probably not the best way to go. In One study, if they found, if one person comes to work sick with the flu, over half of the surfaces in the office, including doorknobs, copy machine buttons, refrigerator doors, can become infected. So, so this is an interesting one to me. What, what is, you know, how do you balance this?
0: You know. One of the interesting things that I think we we learned with COVID, because at the beginning of COVID, everyone was really concerned about the diseases being transmitted on surfaces, and then it turned out that that wasn't really an issue with COVID. And so, I think there's a big difference between what we can find with our microscopes and what makes us sick. So. This is just not something that concerns me And maybe it's good But I have a kid that licked a subway pole In New York City <laughs> And she lives to tell the tale oh. So
2: I won't yeah, even touch them a, Never mind, lick it them was, It was a great day In oh. parenthood But I'm a germaphobe but, Everybody knows that So
0: yeah, The t- problem is for me Isn't with the, with the Um uh, with the cleanliness, is that people don't actually like it. Like, we're very territorial. And, you know, if you think back, if you're a church attender, you know that everybody in your church sits in the exact same spot every week. Um, and even if, if you went to college and your professor didn't give you a seating chart, by the end of the semester, there was a seating chart. It was just made because everybody sat in the same spot every time. And so when you do this hoteling thing where people can come in, it kind of throws people off. If you come in and your seat has been taken by someone else, Uh, people don't like it because of of that. We're territorial. We like our space.
2: So do you predict this isn't going to last very long, that people are eventually going to kind of migrate or or they're going to start, you know, being in the same cube or the same office every time. And if something, they come in and someone reserved it, there's going to be fights and, and all this breakout. I, I am hoping we don't have fights over cubes. but it's one of
0: those things that people say that they like, but when it comes down to it, they, they, they really want to be where they, where they want to be and where they, they used to be. And of course, of course, if you're going to do a hybrid office where sometimes employees are at home or sometimes they're in the office, you don't want to pay to have an office big enough to fit everybody all the time if, if you're never going to have more than half the office there. So this is definitely a problem that's going to, to appear, and there are things that you can do to, to mitigate those things, you know, have people coming in on set schedules and all of that. So this spot is Dawn's on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's Suzanne's on Tuesday to Thursday. Um, but it, it's not just an easy, easy fix. Um, and and but, but here's the other reality. There is no easy fix because we are humans, and different humans want different things.
2: The complexity of humans is screwing everything up.
0: (laughs) It really is. If we could just say, everybody be the same.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's so frustrating, right? 844-942-7866. Hey, I think we have a mailbag coming in, Dana.
0: You've got mail.
2: Yes, Allie in Pennsylvania emailed in. Uh, Dear Dr. Don,
0: I've had an informal arrangement with my direct boss to work fully remote for the last two years due to family commitments. It's not standard practice in my firm, but my boss is more flexible than most, and there weren't any clear policies in place before the pandemic. Now that we're coming out of quarantine, our HR department has announced formal work from home guidelines for our company, which requires all employees to be in the office at least three days per week. Will I need to adhere to
2: this since I had an arrangement with my boss
0: pre-pandemic?
2: Ooh, classic HR question. Thanks so much, Dana. So Allie had an arrangement that was sort of off the books pre-pandemic. Her company wasn't really looking at any of this. Now they're looking at it. So so what what rights does, does Allie have, Suzanne?
0: Well, it depends on what her family situation is. Because if this is something that qualifies under the Family Medical Leave Act, Um, You know, if she's taking care of a sick child or a sick parent, um, then she might have rights that way. But if it's just, you know, a daycare issue or something like that, then there are no rights. But but just because something is at your right doesn't mean it can't be worked out. Um, I... I am inherently a rule follower, but I also recognize that there are some times where where rules need to be ignored, and it's possible that your manager uh, will be happy to just be like, well, just don't tell HR that you're not coming in, (laughs) you know, um, and and that might be a solution if, if everything's been going well. Now, it might be a situation where they can't do that because HR is on top of things, or because other employees are complaining, in which case you can ask your boss to be an advocate for you because you've been working at home for two years, um, and there's no reason, as long as your performance is fine, there's no reason to be back in the office, and that might be something that your boss can advocate for you. And that's something you should definitely ask The other thing is, is that companies right now, there's a huge level of turnover going on. And the estimates are that up to 30% of people are going to be changing jobs this year, which means that jobs are also opening up. And if your company can't be the flexible level that you need, there may be a job opening up for you somewhere else that will allow you that.
2: Yeah, I, I like the idea of putting together a case. If you've been doing it successfully for two years, then chances are you have a track record of productivity, and um, you know you can put that forward on a like you said a case by case basis. I suspect that's going to happen quite a bit. That that people, even if there's a policy, that people are going to kind of put things forward on a case by case basis, and and eventually the flexibility will kick in. I think it's going to be. I, I know um, I've heard that that some companies. Companies are saying this is a blanket rule. We don't have time in the in the immediate future to look at individual cases. But at some point, well, we'll have time to do that. And that makes sense because of all of the other things that the company has to deal with, with making sure the office is clean, making sure, you know, people are, are vaccinated or, or whatever their or policies whatever. are. So I, I think you're right. Yeah. I, go ahead.
0: I'm I, I also going to say right now. There's a lot of people that don't want to come back, and so there's probably going to be more pushback than there will be six months from now. So also, if it's something that you're willing to do for a while, um, people may just slowly slink back home. Um yeah, exactly. I think that's a fair
2: a fair assessment. It's going to be obviously in the forefront of everybody's mind for the next six months, and then other issues will come up. It'll be business as usual, and and things can probably, like you mentioned, slide eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. 942 If you have a question around your job search or career, or maybe you have a question for HR, we have Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the evil HR lady here all hour long on Dr. Dawn on Careers. Live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 844-942-7866. So this is another interesting one um, that I I've, I definitely would love your opinion on, Suzanne. So, so Colorado, the state of Colorado, recently pub, uh, passed a pay disclosure law in January. And if you look online, you'll see a lot of companies that are offering remote work are excluding people who live in Colorado saying Colorado residents are ineligible because they don't want to actually disclose the salary. And I thought, I was wondering why a lot of these job ads were saying that. And so I dug into it and I, I thought, well, that that definitely can't be legal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, you can, because here's the thing with, um, with remote work, this is something that people don't necessarily realize, but... There are tax laws, there are, there are employment laws and all of that that depend on where you work, not where you live. And, you know, I'm somebody that spent nine years in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where all of my neighbors were working in New Jersey. Uh, right? And, uh, you know, so everybody was cross-border. And there are a range between Pennsylvania and New Jersey, blah, blah, blah. It's all very boring and technical. But when people started working at home permanently, suddenly states were like, hey, hey, wait a minute. You're paying taxes based on working in New Jersey, but you don't set foot in New Jersey anymore. So, you know, you should be subject to Pennsylvania employment laws, not New Jersey employment. And that's actually the case, Uh, because then if you're a permanent work-from-home person, then you are subject to the state in which you're working, which is your home. And companies are welcome to say, I don't want to establish a presence in all 50 states. They don't have to do that. Um, A lot of companies will be like, you can work remotely, but only in the following states. Um, or you know, only in Pennsylvania, or only in New Jersey, or whatever. But you can you can do that. So for a company to say we're not going to make it available to people in Colorado is perfectly legal. The question is, is it dumb? And and a company that's not willing to list their salary rate, why? Why aren't they willing to list that? What are they trying to hide? And. And sometimes it's just tradition. We just don't talk about salary and polite company, right? No one one knows what anybody else makes. We don't like to discuss it. But also, a lot of companies pay differently depending on where you live. And we all thought that made sense back when you had to go to the office. Because, of course, if you're working in Manhattan, you need to make more money than if you're working in rural Iowa. But now, if you're doing the same job that you had done in Manhattan, why shouldn't why should I take a pay cut if I'm doing the exact same function and I'm just the one that moves? Um, and so maybe sometimes companies don't want to admit. That yeah, you can work from anywhere, but your pay is going to be based based on where you live.
2: Yeah, that's um, becoming a hot issue as well. We've heard about uh, you know the, the people moving out of the the expensive areas like Silicon Valley, New York City, and companies are looking at reevaluating their pay based on where they live, and employees are not happy with this. Suzanne,
0: they're they're not, but you know nobody ever got upset about getting a massive pay raise when you moved from Iowa to Silicon Valley. Uh, that was never an issue. Everyone's like, well, no, of course I should make more than I am now in Silicon Valley. But it seems weirder to do it the other way around, right? We're going to cut your pay. Uh, And it's something that businesses haven't figured out yet. And it's actually causing problems. Uh, It's actually causing problems in my life, personally, (laughs) 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 because, Um, When I leave Switzerland, eventually I I wanted to move back to where my parents live, which is in southern Utah. And during the pandemic, thousands and thousands of Californians on high salaries moved into my parents' town and drove the property value up because they kept their California high salaries. And so they could pay more for houses. And they're pricing me out of the house
2: now. See, it's, it all comes back to you, Suzanne. <laughs> we need to fix this has, issue for Suzanne. <laughs> this is
0: my issue. This is not It's not an uncommon thing. If, you, if you're watching the real estate news, there's a lot of areas where housing prices are just skyrocketing. And one of those reasons is people are leaving high-cost and area places so you sell your twelve hundred square foot, seventy-five year old house in Silicon Valley for one point five million dollars, and you move to Southern Utah, and you can buy yourself a mansion.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, two, two maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah, two,
0: three. <laughs> what the heck? You know. So it, it I, I'm not saying whether it's good or bad. It's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. Yeah, and but maybe
2: I, we end up in ten years with salaries being equal all across the country. I don't know. Well, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if, you know, if you were in, in Utah and you just said, OK, I'm working remotely, but I'm going to move to Silicon Valley because I've always wanted to live there. I, I I don't know that a company is going to say to you, OK, well, we'll pay you a lot more Then they're going to say, well, that's your yeah. choice. That's
0: right. That's exactly what a company would say. But on the flip side, the company is saying, oh, but you've moved. So let's big. It should theoretically be the same because I'm doing the same
2: job. It just seems it, like it doesn't go both ways. It seems like it seems yeah. like no matter what, it's in the company's favor, which is why I think people are are maybe getting upset. It's like, well, it works it works one way, but not the other, right?
0: Exactly. And this is something that companies are still trying to sort out. And and so laws like the Colorado one makes companies uncomfortable because they have to decide the the salary before they post the job and before they see who's going to apply. And and in fairness issues, I strongly prefer that because then it's not a matter of of, of me being naive about a salary. You know, I know that this is the range for the position when I apply for it. But for a company, they might be really cautious about it because they haven't made up their minds yet
2: yeah and that that i mean this is a whole issue for another show but I, I i mean the ranges when they do post them are so massive i mean we're talking like an yeah. 80,000 dollar range um that that you know if you, if you put that out there chances are the salary will fall somewhere in there regardless of where you live or you know d- regardless of your experience like that's that's it, we're not talking about a 5,000 dollar range we're talking about an immense range which is why i think Companies would would do themselves well to put that out there to reduce the number of people who apply, especially now, Suzanne, because companies are putting out titles that, in my opinion, I have no idea what level it is because the terms they're using like lead or have, you know, have such a mismatch with when I, when I scroll down and look at the years of experience they're looking for, or, you know, it's entry level, but they want 10 years of experience. And I, I find I find there's a lot of mismatch. And I think the salary is one of those things that can actually help people identify what level a job is actually at, um, to some extent. So I just... I get, I get the salary issue was, you know, you don't talk about that. I remember that movie Nine to Five, and now I'm aging myself, Dion. I'm sure you've not seen that one. Nope. Oh my, oh my god, it's the best movie. Yes, the, the best, best movie, movie ever. I remember, yeah. So, so basically, a woman got fired for disclosing her salary in the ladies' room. <laughs> you know, Dion, and Dion wants to watch it now
0: yeah he he needs to watch it because it's amazing it's the best movie
2: yeah so um but you know that that was that was then this is now you know we're talking about the the early 80s versus versus 40 years later so anyway we have come to the end of the show i'd love to have you back to talk about the salary issue because i I have so many questions there but one last (laughs) time suzanne where can people find out about your u.s tour
0: You can come to my website, evilhrlady.org, and if you can't remember that, you can just Google Evil HR Lady, and my website will pop up, or you can Google my name, Dan Lucas, or you can find
2: me on
0: uh, Facebook in the Evil HR Lady group.
2: Awesome. And um, you should also follow Suzanne because she has a lot of great insight and advice and current issues that are going on in the world. It's been so great having you back on the show, Suzanne. We love having you here. We're excited that you're coming to the U.S. and, you know, just briefly flying through Philly. I'll I'll give you a wave as you pass by. But thank you so much for joining the show. (laughs) And, uh, Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Of course, big thank you to our listeners, Dion and Dana, who make this sh- show sound so awesome every single week. And a big happy birthday shout out to Dion, who is uh, not only the birthday boy today, but the pre-break quiz winner of That's the
1: right. day. Woohoo. I eat, I eat fried chicken with my hands. Yeah. Legally.
2: He ch- he- <laughs> Oh, Dion, you make the show so fun. You've been listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM Channel 132. We're here every Thursday live. If you want to find out more about what's going on with the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don RM and we will see you next time.